My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. Welcome to this podcast. We're very excited for this because we have already done 10 podcasts, which was our original target. And now we're deciding, we've decided we're going to continue. We're deciding how that will happen. And we want to incorporate you in the decision-making of how we do this. And so we don't have a hard-set plan. We do for today's podcast, but beyond this, we don't have a hard-set plan for the structure of the podcast. We're entertaining different ideas, thanks to you. We do want to talk, continue talking about silver linings. We want to continue honoring Tylee and JJ and the victims. We don't know that we have to do that with a name. We're open to changing the name of the podcast. We haven't decided that. We do want to continue where we feel we have a contribution to make. Obviously, the more we have talked about Lori and the background, there's only so much there that we can contribute. So we don't pretend that we'll be able to go full-time with the background, but we feel we've really touched on something here with the healing, and your comments have been confirming that because Adam and I both feel, and I'll give him a chance to talk in a minute, we both feel a lot of healing taking place, at least in ourselves, because of your comments, because of all the love you've shared and the experiences you've shared. So we're going to highlight some of those experiences of yours and talk about them in this podcast. And as always, the comments are open. Let me say something about the comments, too. This podcast goes out on somewhere around 100 different platforms between audio and and the visual that we do. We read as many comments as we can, and we don't even get to all of the comments on YouTube, which is the easiest for us to read. Mm -hmm. So if you have comments and you listen to us on any other medium other than YouTube, any of the other hundred platforms it's on, please send your comments to the email, and the email will show on the uh, outtake of the video. Of course, some of you are will not see that. Well, they, they can also see. hear it. We give the we right. give the email address at the end as well. Yeah. Right. So yeah, please email us and let us know what your comments are if we if we don't get to them. Give it, give it now. Um, <laughs> Tylee and JJ's silver linings at gmail.com. Podcast. Yeah. Okay, give me give it to me one more time. <laughs> Tylee and JJ's. Oh, do it, Sean. Yeah, Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast at Gmail. Perfect. Just like that. Why nope. didn't you use that voice instead of yelling at us? <laughs> it's, a, it's, you know, it's funny to be off mic when I'm like, hey, do what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's more gamey or whatever. Now, if we listen to some of the more negative comments, we wouldn't be doing any more podcasting. But fortunately, <laughs> they, they some are. Pe- some people are done with us. They've, they've said, enough of you two, we're out. And we're like, okay, that's fine. You have every right to do that, right? That's right. But they're done with us. That doesn't mean we are because right. the majority of you are very kind, very encouraging, and we appreciate that. We appreciate all comments, but we know 
some people will not find what they're looking for here. Yeah. We understand that. And today's episode, we are going to get to a lot of comments because I think going forward, and I mentioned this before, I feel like our podcast is a big group therapy. Now, obviously, Rex and I are um, trying to heal from our family's disaster. And that's the main reason we're doing this podcast is not just to help us talk it through and try to, but to help other people who were, you know, sickened and hurt and that need healing from Lori's story. And one listener reminded us, he or she said, I'm not, I'm not broken. I don't need healing. I'm curious. I'm listening to you because I'm curious. Fair enough. Sometimes I communicate that all of us are are uh, need healing from this just because it's so offensive to people. But right. not everyone feels that way. And yeah. we appreciate them listening and commenting regardless of their motive. Yeah. So we will get to a lot of comments today that you guys have made, and we encourage you to make more comments. Um, uh, what's affecting you in your life? And we're going to talk about some people's stories that have made some comments that really touched me and Rex. And we're going to talk about um, situations and, you know, our healing and other people's healing. And I feel like there's just a lot of people. There's some that don't need to be healed, and that's fine, too. But I feel like there's so many people in life that have so many things go unexpected that there there's a scar somewhere inside your body that you need to heal from. And so we're just we're just here as a group therapy. We're going to lead the discussion. But it's not like him and I are experts at, you know, we're not psychologists. Right. And since we're talking about their comments, let me throw one out just as a starting point. This listener said, I wish Rex was my grunkle and Adam was my brother. Wait, Adam is single? Okay, let me strike the brother comment. <laughs> so here we go. It may be a dating site for oh, you. There's, a, there's an opportunity. No, I, this is definitely not a dating site. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but, you know, one day I hope to be remarried mm-hmm. because I would do much better being married than single. As everybody can tell, like I hear people say, I read one comment is like, well, when Adam first started doing this podcast, you can tell that he was just broken and he was out of, you know, and it seems like after the 10th one, they said, he feel I feel like Adam is really coming out of this, and maybe this is helping him. So I hope all those things are true. And I agree with that, by the way. Okay, good. Um, so a lot of people were saying, um, you know, comments are about, you know, they want to know about my family situation. And you had said you read something that, wasn't there a comment like that? that- there have been several questions about, has your family forgiven you for... Um, no, asked, apologized. Has your family apologized for how they treated you initially when they were on Lori's side? Of course, once the children's bodies were found, that changed everything dramatically. And uh, this is one of the greatest silver linings in the story for our collective family because I don't know how long it was into this. Was it a year into it or two years when your mother, my sister Janice, called me and asked she said, it's time I need to open communication with Adam. I'm not sure how to do it. Would you, I can't remember how she said, I think she said, mediate a conversation with us. I said, you mean like referee? Am I worried about physical (laughs) violence? (laughs) Um, Sorry, not a laughing matter, but we often laugh at matters even that aren't laughing matters. And, and I was glad to do it. And to me, that was a sign of healing, just that she would want to have that conversation. And so 
we did get together, and I think that was healing. And just the fact I don't, you can tell us whether they, if they said I'm sorry or not, but just the fact that she would initiate that to me as somewhat of an apology and a sign of healing or a progression in the healing process. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Well, when I got the phone call from you, well, this was after the kids were found. Mm-hmm. So the kids were found, then my mom knew that Lori was lying, where she had believed her the whole time before. So my mom and my dad, and me, me and my mom and dad in summer, in case you don't know, uh, we didn't talk for uh, up to two years. Um, and so once the kids were found, then they realized, oh, Lori was lying to us, and Adam was telling the truth. They realized that they really screwed up. So when my mom called you, you called me and said, hey, your mom wants to talk. I was like, okay, it's been two years since I've been cut off from my family, haven't talked. Let's, let's, uh, let's go do this. So you said, I'll come pick you up. I didn't even know where my parents lived. We lived in the same city for eight months or, or nine or ten months or a year before I even saw them for the first time. So you picked me up and took me over to the house. And as you saw, my mom apologized to me. Um, and since that day, she, every time that I would try to go to their house and uh, have dinner with them and try to rebuild some kind of relationship with my mom and dad, my mom would cry and apologize to me again. She apologized to me over a hundred times. She's consistently apologizing to me. And I said, Mom, you don't have to apologize anymore. You've already done that. Um, and as far as summer goes, I was in Phoenix last weekend, mm-hmm. and I went to lunch with Summer, um, and me and Summer are trying to rebuild our relationship together. Um, and I love Summer, and Summer has been through hell and back, just like my mom and dad have been through hell and back, and I've been through hell and back. So different ways, we, we, we all share one thing in common, but I have something different than they do. Most people know, but Summer is Adam's sister. Yes. And so, um, and so I just love spending time with Summer and seeing her, her and her kids, and we went to lunch. And, you know, I miss what we used to have because, I mean, our family used to be really tight and just we just all love to be around each other. So I know it's never going to be the same, um, but there is hope that in time things can get a lot better and You know, so there's open communication. We're trying to work things out. I still have questions sometimes and I try to talk and and, you know, everybody still has their own, you know, talking points or their own views or whatever they thought happened. Um, So and Lori had just created a huge mess with our family. And there are still family situations to play out. Right. There's still that. for example. Yeah. And a lot of people have questions about Melanie and Colby. Uh, and we've we've addressed all these. I know we keep getting comments on these podcasts. Mm-hmm. But if you go through and you listen to our responses, Rex and I have this a video that's out. It's called Responses. We have like, I don't know, eight or something out. And we respond to all the questions like that that people want to know about my family and those things. So... Those are all out. So we've told you everything that we know about Colby and, and Melanie and things like that as things are stand now. A year from now, it may be completely different. And the responses aren't satisfying some people. They're still asking, but like the Melanie situation, that's all we know at this point. Yeah. The Joe Ryan situation, we don't know anything else. Right. But, so we don't always have the answers, even when it's a family situation. Right. So we're, 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 we're now, taking it day by day. Very good. 
You didn't say anything about Barry, and people ask about that, and they ask, why don't you mention Barry? Well, Barry, my dad, is also with my mom. Um, he's not an emotional person, usually. Um, so he talks and he listens, and he, you know, every time I've mentioned something to my mom, I feel like my dad was on my side and said, yeah, what about this? And she, you know, had her reason for believing what she believed or still believes or whatever it is. So um, he's still trying to figure everything out, I think. Um, and as as a lot of people are, because there's still, like you said, there's other things that have to be have to be played out. Lori's going to go to Arizona. There's going to be another trial. Everybody wants to know about was Melanie involved with Brandon's killing, and if she was, how much was she involved? Uh, you know, she is. Are her kids safe with her? Like, there's so many different questions that people have because of what we learned on the text messages from Chad. So, with that being said, we still have a lot more coming with that. And we'll be glad to address anything that's new about the family or any other information we have. So yeah. we aren't we aren't abandoning abandoning that no. as we talk more about natural laws, about healing as they relate to the case. So I want to get to a couple of comments if we can, because I know mm -hmm. you guys have commented and stuff, and I want to read I want to read one in particular. This came on actually on Facebook, uh, on our podcast on Facebook. And it's from Jeanette. She says, hey, guys, I've been following this story from the beginning, and you uh, have been watching your podcast since it started. It's great. Thank you for your openness and honesty. And we told you we try to, we're trying to be as honest and open as we can. Um, it says, as far as healing, my kids and I suffer uh, of a loss of my ex, their dad, who abandoned us for a life of drugs. Um, he's been in and out of our lives for almost 10 years. But I have pretty much raised them alone and continue to. I have three kids, two teenagers, and a son who's JJ's age. He has autism, too, so this story really hit home with me. Anyways, our healing has been and continues to be a long journey for us. Um, the only way we have walked through this has been time. And we talked about that. I feel like when it comes to healing, time is a huge thing for people. So, so far, she said uh, time is a big thing for them. And acceptance. Some days it's been so hard to believe that their dad would have done this to them. It isn't something that I would ever believed he would do. But with time, we've come to a peaceful acceptance in this situation. An acceptance that he is lost and has no capability of love. We just band together and love each other and move forward. Uh, I've taught the kids not to be victims, but to use their pain and experience to help others in similar situations. They will always have painful hole in their heart uh, and the fact that they know that they're still going to be okay. What helped me too is I started writing poetry. And I have mentioned like for me writing our book and writing my thoughts and feelings on paper for some reason, that's given me peace. And for other people, she likes to write poetry. She says, putting my pain into words helped me get, get it out. I also started a podcast of my own. It's called Single Moms Survive and Thrive. Same goal as you guys have, helping other moms in my shoes to know it's okay to hurt, but healing is possible. My thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Thanks again for the great podcast. And I think she's in the UK that she sent that. Um, I love that 
she's trying to heal and she's figuring out how to heal. And she's saying time, writing poetry are two big things and accepting that they know that their father, her husband is lost. So in my situation, I have to accept Lori's lost. Alex was lost. They killed people, my nephew and niece and my brother-in-law and Tammy. And that's hard enough to, to try to take in that they actually did that. Um, is time going to help me heal? I hope it does. And I, I feel like time can help. Helping me is writing as well as that. But I think just knowing that I have to accept what they did, it's hard. That, that is what's hard. I think for all of us in the family that knew them, I think it's still hard for us to put our arms around the fact that people we know and love killed people we know and love. That's just... It's, it's, it's so hard. I don't even know what it is. It's, yeah. <laughs> I can't it's, get my arms around Right. Um, another uh, thing that came across, one of the comments, and it was, um, it was about a mom, like this mom, and she said that this was so hard for me, this story, because I have three kids, and it's, it's harder for me than I think it is for people who aren't moms. Can you explain why moms with Lori's story is more difficult to handle? No, I, I, I wish I could. I wish I had that insight. And not being a mother, I, I think I believe that is completely accurate. I don't know the whys or, or where's, wherefores of that. Another one. Um, on a personal note, this is somebody who had <clears throat> complimented our, our podcast, but she said on a person, personal uh, note, uh, your show has been healing for me, um, and I ha- I, he- I am healing from an extremely abusive childhood. So I wanted to talk about this because I know there's lots of people who are listening that have had terrible childhoods, and you've been abused, there's been neglect, there's been, I know people whose parents have never told them one time in their whole life that they loved them. I know people like this, I've talked to them. And then once you leave childhood, you become an adult. You hold on to that. And a lot of times you make excuses why you like like the way the path you're going on and you blame your childhood and blame your past. How do we get past that, Rex? Like what is a what's a good way to acknowledge your childhood, but then yet somehow break out of that? I put a lot of personal thought into this with my parents having been divorced and both of them died when I was nine and uh, nine and 18. And even with that, thinking of the situation, now I wasn't abused. I had a a wonderful childhood. Mm -hmm. Not everyone thinks that because my dad wasn't there after age nine, but, but I put a lot of thought into that and I had to come to my own terms that the decisions I made were not because of my past. I cannot blame any of it on the fact that I didn't have a father in the home because I still had complete latitude to make whatever decisions I wanted to. I understand that I lost something. I don't know what it is because it wasn't there. But that does not change my responsibility for my decisions just like whatever is in Lori's past, whatever her influences are, 
whether it's family, whether it's location, religion, whatever it is, none of that absolves her of the re, of responsibility for the decisions and action decisions she made and actions she took. I feel the same thing about my life. No matter what happened in my family situation, how I was raised, anything else, I'm responsible for my decisions. Yeah. Um, I had another comment that I wanted to talk about, too, um, and that was um, somebody had made a comment saying they, they've been divorced for several years, and they have some lonely days. Mm-hmm. And I, So there are certain things that trigger things for me. Um, because of what we went through, that I get triggered sometimes when I read, and, and I hate watching people's pain. I watched a movie called uh, Sounds of Freedom. And there's a scene in there that where there's a dad that, you know, he loses his kids and it was kind of like his fault that he did what he did, or at least that's what he felt. And I could just feel his pain, even though they didn't show him like 90% of the movie, the rest of the movie, all I did was feel that dad's pain. So there's certain things that trigger me inside. And so when I read this, that she's divorced and lonely, I remember when I first got divorced, and I was I was by myself for the first six months, and I've told you this that I mean I've always had somebody there. I grew up with a family, then I moved out, and I had a roommate, and then I got married. I always had somebody. I never spent any time alone. So this was the first time I've ever spent alone was when I got divorced a couple of years ago, and I was it was just me. And when you want to talk about lonely, it was lonely. And so when I read this and I saw her, and she's like, you know, I've been divorced. I've had these really lonely days. I started thinking about, you know, what, how do you heal from being lonely and what do you do? And here's some things, silver linings, at least for me, and this may help you and it may not. But for me, I would look for my favorite comedian and go watch some YouTube clips of my favorite comedian. His name is Craig Shoemaker. He cracks me up. He makes me laugh. So I think laughter, there's something about laughing and it it gets your endorphins going. There's something about laughing that can take loneliness out of you for a while. The other thing is music. Now, music to me, I've been in radio for 30 years. Music has been a huge part of my life. So I feel like music, listening to your favorite music or singing or something like that does something to your soul. I think we're connected with music and soul. It's connecting. So for you who, who, emailed or, or uh, made this comment, I would suggest trying to, when you get in those lonely spots, your favorite music, your favorite artist, you can even go down, go down rabbit holes with music sometimes, which I do. Favorite comedian, laugh, those kinds of things. I think those those help. What other things, Rex, when somebody's lonely that you know, they, they can help? Well, I'm reading a comment right now from one of our... Um listeners that said that this is Phoenix Rising is their name on okay. YouTube. Okay. And they're talking specifically about forgiving, which is a parallel topic here to what we're talking about with the loneliness. Yeah. Forgiving doesn't mean condoning. This is a big misunderstanding. Forgiving means to let it go. To let go of the anger that causes all the suffering. It means to have mercy on yourself because Love is our nature. I love this. Love is our nature. It doesn't mean you stop loving the victims. It means we simply move 
out of the past and into this beautiful moment. That last phrase is why I wanted to get to that relates to loneliness. Moving into this beautiful moment. If I'm feeling lonely, again, this is me, not everyone. If I'm yeah. feeling lonely, it's because of past. I've lost something. I don't have it now. And there's no one in my mind to share anything with. When I move into this beautiful moment, there are people that care. I, can, I know people I can reach out to. Not everyone has that, but I think most of us have someone they can reach out to. And we can create this beautiful moment. And when I look around, if people ever insinuate I've had a hard life, I just don't see it because on balance, on balance, everything is good. And so I can't stay lonely very long looking at it like, okay, in this moment right now, I can reach out and I have a wonderful life. Yeah. Um, another thing that somebody had mentioned, these are all these are all comments that we've taken off of our YouTube and Facebook uh, comments. Um, somebody says, as for healing, I'd like to know your feelings, asking you and I, uh, on needing to forgive in order to heal. And I've talked about this uh, a couple times on different podcasts that, you know, I'm built, my body is my mind, my soul, whatever you, the connection. For me, I have to feel, I have to forgive somebody or that poison will just eat me alive. Is it hard to forgive somebody who did you wrong, especially people who've been abused and all these other things? How do you get to the point where you can forgive somebody who caused so much pain in your life but is that is that part of healing? Do you have to do that to heal? I think, as I as I mentioned last podcast, healing is very individual. Not everyone needs to forgive. I know there's a religious injunction that says that we need to to forgive, and I I believe that in general. But as far as healing from a specific situation, like you said, someone that abused us. I think that's an individual decision to make. Do I need to forgive that person, and if so, how? And I still believe um, from our last podcast that your internal guidance system can guide you in those decisions because it is only you that knows if you need to forgive them. And then if you do, you can ask other people's Opinions, you can get good ideas from situations like this, our mm -hmm. quote group therapy. Right. <laughs> this is our group therapy. So I can I, totally get ideas, but you'll know what you have to do when you consider it as far as needing to forgive someone. I so believe. I know we got enough time for one more. And I, I feel like this is, you know, Rex, we've talked about choice, making choices is a big part of our podcast too, right? With your, with your conscience and stuff. And somebody made a, a point that said, you made, you made a point about bluebell ice cream last week on, on your, uh, on the podcast mm -hmm. where you were talking about, you have a decision to make, to take a bite of this, even though you've had a heart attack and you know, this could be bad for you or whatever. Sometimes we have to deal with our consequences. Well, somebody had, had made a comment says at one time in my life, I weighed almost 400 pounds because of the choices I made daily. 
I did not going to I did not go to bed weighing 130 pounds and wake up the next day 400 pounds. I chose to walk in denial for a very long time until I glanced in the mirror one day and it really hit me. And I had been looking in mirrors all along, but finally saw myself and decided I had to change. Um, decision making. We, I think we just have to recognize sometimes when it comes to decision making. And you, until you get to that bottom, I, I guess for me, sometimes you just keep going down a thing until you hit the bottom of the barrel. And once you hit the bottom of the barrel, there's nowhere else to go except for up, and you got to make a change. So I, I appreciate that comment because it brings up something that I think a lot of us could use in thinking about, man, maybe there's some things in my life that I need to change that I just kept on going, 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 going. Is it hard to do? Absolutely. It's very difficult to make big changes in life. But please, as we, as we pleaded, I think, three podcasts ago or whenever it was, if you recognize some of that in your life, if if nothing else, if you get nothing else out of the whole Tylee and JJ tragedy, maybe for them, maybe you're inspired to do something, do that for yourself and the people around you. If you notice you're going not to the point that their mother did who murdered them, but right. just something in your life you feel, I am going down just like you described, down the wrong path, you're the one that can change it. If any one of those three players had changed their path, that would have made a huge impact. Huge. We, don't, we don't know what the difference would have been, No, but um, it would have been a, a tremendously positive impact. And so we, uh, as I said then, we aren't preaching to you. We aren't telling you what to do, but I'm not above begging. So if you find yourself going down a path like that, please let your conscience help you make one change to stop stop whatever path that is. Yeah, I love that. Um, please continue to make comments. Uh, maybe something that happened in your life that you healed from, or maybe there's a maybe there's a situation in your life that you're thinking about making a, a choice, and if you need help with it or want to help with it, we would love to you know try to try to talk about things. We want to keep this as an open group therapy for a lot of us because I think most people have something in their life that they need to heal from. And this is the why we're doing this podcast. Does it have things to do with Lori and her decisions and all that? Yes, there's things in there that we are going to talk about. But there's also people in your your lives that you have your own things that are going on. So we're here. We're doing this podcast. We're going to try to continue to do this. And Christina Melvin reminds us, hope stands for hold on, pain ends. Love it. We'll see you guys next time. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from a podcast studio.